folks, I am joined on the show today by the great-grandson of Irish rebel and Fenian, Jeremiah O'Donovan Rossa, and his wife, Mary Jane O'Donovan Rossa, devout nationalist, businesswoman, poet, lecturer, political analyst, and Fenian, mother of 13, Anna Hero. Film director, Mr. Williams Cole. It's great to have you on Ireland Calls, Williams. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Williams, you're a film director. What prompted you to take that pattern life? Well, yeah, a certain amount of self-abuse, perhaps, but <laughs> beside <laughs> all the jokes. Um, you know, I didn't go to film school. I got interested in documentary film back in the late 90s. Um, as a tool to tell stories and explore social issues. And I primarily worked as a producer, which is someone that, you know, is a person of all hats. You kind of do logistics, interviewing, the archival footage, the rights and clearances. You come up with the story. So, you know, I, I've had a pretty good, uh, sometimes up and down career, kind of doing, involved in probably over, I think, a dozen feature documentary films at this point. So, Around the directing specifically element, we really started with Rebel Rasa in 2015. Um, I had done some shorts before that that I directed personally. Um, you know, there is a lot of mix in terms of producing and directing always. But, you know, I knew that I had this lineage that O'Donnell Rasa was my great grandfather, but I didn't quite know his whole story. And it always was in the back of my head, like, you know, I should tell this story. I mean, this guy seems like he did an amazing thing and he's got a lot of controversy around him and it's just kind of fascinating. In 2015, somebody, Judith Campbell, who's actually in Rebel Wife, uh, who's an American uh, academic about Irish history, called me and said, you know, maybe this is 2014. She said, 2015 is the 100 year anniversary of O'Donovan Ross's death. And there's going to be all these events in Ireland and the United States and everywhere. And so I said, you know, well, this is the time to do the Rebel Rasta film. And when I was doing the Rebel Rasta film, I learned more about Mary Jane. And yes. I said, you know, I have to do a film about Mary Jane as well at some point. And here we are, however many years later, we finally got it done. And Jeremiah O'Donovan Rasta and Mary Jane O'Donovan Rossa, these are your great-grandparents. Explain to us, how are they your great-grandparents? Yes, so um, Jeremiah and Mary Jane. Jeremiah O'Donovan Rossa was exiled from England in 1871, and he decided to come to New York City, where Mary Jane had already been kind of raising funds for the Fenian cause. They settled in parts of Brooklyn, Manhattan a little bit, and then eventually in Staten Island. And then they had a number of children here, a number of mostly daughters here. Daisy, who is Margaret, Mary, Madonna, something, something, a very long O'Donovan Rasa, was uh, Mary Jane and Jeremiah's youngest daughter, who is my father's mother. So, and my father had me when he was a bit older in his 50s. So, and essentially, it has it skipped a generation in many ways because you know a lot. My my father fought in World War II, so you know usually somebody my age, father was a grandfather fought in World War II. So it, it almost skipped a generation um, because they had so many children, and and Daisy was their youngest daughter, 
And then my dad had me when he was older. So my father's mother was the daughter of Jeremiah O'Donnell-Rasa and Mary Jane. So you've lots of cousins here in America. Yes, a lot of cousins here in America, because um, all you know, all the children except except one, you know, were born here because uh, O'Donnell Rasta was in exile. He couldn't go back to Ireland. He wanted to. They wanted. I mean, I'm sure they would have loved to live in Ireland, but he was banned. So they made a life here, you know, and a tumultuous one in New York. Yes, and in 2015, like you said before, you directed a film about your great-grandfather, Jeremiah O'Donovan Rossa. Tell us about this film, Rebel Rossa. How's it doing now? Where can it be seen? Rebel Rossa was, um, by documentary standards, done in less than two years, which is astounding for most documentaries that can go on for 10, 15 years to get made. And I based it around kind of a journey of my brother and I going back to Ireland to understand who O'Donovan Rasa was in history during the 100-year anniversary of his death and the famous funeral. It premiered at the Galway Film Fla. A version of it was on RTE. And it had a lot of screenings around New York. And then now you can still see it on Amazon. If you search Rebel Rasa... Uh, it will come up and you can watch it. I think you have to watch it with a few ads at this point, but it's streaming mm. online so you can watch it. Did you learn a lot about your family history from doing all that research on Rebel Rasa? I did. You know, we knew about him, like I said, on a somewhat superficial level in terms of, you know, the funeral, which is t- taught in a lot of Irish schools. And we also knew about Mary Jane, too. It's interesting. It's... Um, you know, within the family, Mary Jane was actually known as much of a hero as O'Donovan Rasa, but that's not the same outside of the family. But I, we did learn a lot. I mean, during that whole production and making the movie, you know, I wasn't aware, per se, of some of the more controversial elements of O'Donovan Rasa's life, such as the dynamite campaign in the 1880s, where he you know, was the face of a very more extreme militant view that the British would only listen to force. It, and he was very controversial in the New York press. And, you know, it was a very exciting but crazy time in New York City at that point, especially with, uh, you know, the Irish kind of reaching more political posts and a, a lot of factions and splitting. There was an assassination attempt on O'Donovan Roth on Chambers Street that I, tell, I, that I talk about in this new film. So they had a very tumultuous time here um, that I didn't understand and really know about. So a lot of that I learned and explore in both of the films. You know, it was very colorful, like uh, spies, British spies being involved with them, uh, you know, duels, assassination attempts, uh, slander, libel in the papers. I mean, really just all over the place, kind of crazy stuff. So, you know, yeah, I, I learned a lot about both of them. You did indeed. And now you have made a film about your great-grandmother, Mary Jane O'Donovan Rossa. What inspired you to make this film at all? Well, during Rebel Rossa, um, you know, I learned some about her. And, and, you know, they really were such a pair together. And I, you know, even back then I said, you know, I, I have to make, if I'm going to make a film that focuses on, on Jeremiah, I have to somehow make a film that, is about Mary Jane because her life is um, so interesting, and she's and you know more than that is she's a largely unknown story. And as happens with a lot of women, 
as everybody knows in history, uh, their stories get lost. They're kind of not, they don't have the same amount of uh, exposure or the same amount of, you know, uh, celebration in many ways. So it's not only a, a duty, really, but it, it, it's because it's a great story. But it also does feel like a duty. I mean, in, in these in these uh, stories about women in history, it really does take either an academic or a family member or somebody to kind of bring it up and try to bring it alive. I think I succeeded in this one. It's taken a while, but I but I did it, and I was determined to do it. And the most important thing is, you get it done and you get it out there. Yes, Mary Jane herself, she she was a devout nationalist. She fought for women's suffrage, but freeing Ireland was her main focus. But she married O'Donovan Rossa at age 19. Tell us about Mary Jane. Well, she came from a nationalist household already. I mean, you know, at the, at the end of the famine years, she was born in 1845 in West Cork in Clonakilty. So, I mean, she did come from a, a more of a business oriented family, but her father was also uh, kind of involved with the Free Ireland movement. So she was already primed before she met O'Donovan Rasa to fight for Irish freedom. And she probably, you know, she knew about O'Donovan Rasa case. He was sort of had been arrested already and was sort of famous in, in the area. And, um, you know, she was writing poetry at that time, you know, nationalist poetry, uh, and she was always a poet the rest of her life. But, you know, at a very early age, she was writing these poems about freeing Ireland. So she was already um, on a trajectory to be a revolutionary and to, to free Ireland. And then she met O'Donovan Rasa. You know, the things that happened back then were so unthinkable in some way. Like, she basically, a year after they they met and got married and it was hard for them to get married because the church at that point in Ireland wouldn't recognize O'Donovan Rossi because he was part of the Irish Republican Brotherhood, but they found a way to get married. But then he was arrested and put into English jails. And then she came to the United States at a very young age to try to, to get support in, in New York from the, for the Fenian cause and for the political prisoners and she, you know, faced a very fractious place here, a lot of splits within uh, groups that supported Irish freedom. But she uh, she had a lot of metal, and she ended up training herself to be a great reader of poetry. So what that meant at that time was it was really one of the only, um, you know, entertainment sources, like plays, but people would go to these halls, and listen to people read poetry mm-hmm. and uh, play piano and sing. And she was supposedly an amazing, she had a great talent for that. So her first, one of her first big shows was at Cooper Union downtown in in, the, in uh, New York in Manhattan. And she was with uh, Susan B. Anthony and uh, Horace Greeley, who was a famous newspaper publisher at that point, who helped her and supported her. And then that launched her onto this journey of traveling around the United States. I mean, as far west as um, Omaha and then, you know, down to Georgia and up to Canada, you know, at a very young age, traveling by herself and commanding audiences all over. And she would read popular poetry. She would read some of her own poetry, but then she would also talk to, uh, you know, I would assume a lot of the Irish diaspora that were spreading around the States. 
and talk to them about the political prisoners and try to get support. And, you know, she became a self-sufficient young woman at that point. She, you know, paid for herself. She sent money to the family, sent money to support organizations supporting the political prisoners. So it was kind of this amazing thing she did at a very, very young age at that time, which was only a few years after the Civil War. You know, I mean, the, the, the states were in disarray and I would assume somewhat dangerous, you know, in different parts. Yes. Yeah. And and she really campaigned to, to release uh, Jeremiah and uh, the other political prisoners. And she succeeded. In 1871, he was exiled. Yes. She was an inspiring woman, really, when you read about her. And, like, I mean, she was, she left a baby at home, a one-year-old baby, when she traveled first to New York by herself. And then she went back again and, like you said, traveled all over the place. And she made friends with John DeVoy here, didn't she? She did, yeah. And um, she was friends with John DeVoy her whole life, um, even though O'Donovan Rasa had fallen out with him after they... You know, they all came together at the Cuba Five, it was called, in 1871. And it was a big hullabaloo because the Fenian prisoners were released and coming into New York Harbor. And there was all these, you know, I think Boss Tweed tried to visit them. Uh, the the presidential envoy tried to visit them. You know, everybody was trying to capitalize on, on their fame. You know, she got to know John DeVoy and kept in touch and talked to him intimately, even after O'Donnell and Rasa had fallen out with them. When the Cuba Five, the Fenian prisoners, arrived in New York City in 1871, you know, they were the focus. So Mary Jane really, you know, then kind of disappeared more into the background. You know, she was she was very important. She was running things. She was handling. I think she was probably very key in handling Ross's kind of very chaotic, unstable life for the next bunch of decades. She stood by her husband, didn't she? In those years, women were seen, not heard, really. Uh, But she broke all the molds, really, and the glass ceiling for women because she was doing a man's job at that time. Now it wouldn't, you know, the times have changed, thankfully. But at that time, she was, and she did it quietly and discreetly, and she was an amazing woman. You know, she wasn't out, it was a different time, and she wasn't out on the street, you know, protesting and but so she did do it quietly and discreetly. I mean, she still molded to certain expectations of women at that time. But using that, you know, understanding that restriction, she was doing things, you know, to the best of her ability, keeping things stable, working mm-hmm. for, you know, determination for Irish freedom, understanding public relations and understanding propaganda, understanding how the cause could be, uh, you know, supercharged in different ways, depending on, on how things came together. And that kind of led up to O'Donovan Ross's death and the trajectory toward the famous funeral. Yes, his funeral, he's such a famous funeral. She organized that his burial would be in Glasnevin Cemetery in Dublin. Well, how did she do that, I wonder? And Porter Pierce gave that famous speech at his graveside. Do you think that was that famous speech was the spark for the 1916 Easter Rising? I think that it's become understood that it was a very significant, very significant moment to the lead-up to 1916 Easter Rising. Because, you know, it was a point when the whole world was watching. Tens of thousands of people were there. And more importantly, it was a show of force that brought a lot of factions together at that point. So there was a moment 
that everyone said and the world saw that there was a, a unified movement leading toward a, a, a need for freedom, a break from the British, not a home rule thing, but a real just break. And um, the speech, which is really taught in Irish uh, education curriculum still, was a pivotal moment because it's an amazing speech. The fools, the fools, the fools. They have left us our Fenian dead. And while Ireland holds these graves, Ireland unfree shall never be at peace. So, you know, it, it puts down the line and says, you know, this is, this is the point. This is the point. This is what we have to do. And uh, Mary Jane was pivotal in, you know, along with Tom Clark and others, but to making this a, an event, and moving it to Dublin, you know, buying the, the grave in Glasnevin, making sure that, you know, there was, you know, the publicity and all the right people in the right place and it would work in this way. I mean, a, a huge undertaking. You know, when you look at the pictures and the footage, and a lot of it is in the film, uh, you know, it is. It's an amazingly huge event. It was pivotal, yes. I think it was the spark in many ways. Sadly, she died just a year after O'Donovan Rossa, and she, because they were living in Staten Island at the time, she was buried in Staten Island. Why? What do you think? Yeah, well, that's a good question. I think, um, you know, O'Donovan Rossa was the focus. O'Donovan Rossa was the patriot that, you know, was known that was taken back in this big publicity, um, you know, buried in the National Hero Cemetery. And now there are, you know, tours about him. They recreate the speech. There's a nice big grave there. Uh, you know, beside John DeVoy really understanding Mary Jane's role, uh, as, you, as was seen in, in the obituary that he wrote in the Gaelic American, you know, she was an afterthought, I think, in many ways. And um, while there was the funeral, there was some accolades for her. She ended up being buried in Staten Island. Uh, I, you know, I wish I knew the exact reason, but I don't think there was a movement. There was no one advocating for her at that point, for women to go and be buried in Glasnevin and get the same sort of recognition. So, you know, there are other family members buried with her. I think one of her sons is with her in Staten Island, you know, there just was not the same recognition, not the same understanding of her role in Irish freedom. So, I, you know, I hope that this film contextualizes that yes. and gives her the credibility and credit that she's mm. due. How does that make you feel as a great-grandson? It's sad. I feel sad about it because while it's a nice little graveyard it's a lonely place you know nobody really visits it it's uh and you know more than that it, it you know it, it just shows the inequality of recognition structurally in history of men and women and all the things involved with that you know i i think she deserves to be recognized as much if not more than odonna rasa odonna rasa had a lot of publicity over his life you know you yes. i didn't realize it but once you start looking at the you know the databases of old newspapers tens of thousands of references come up for O'Donovan Ross in the late 19th century but you know she was a few references <laughs> but the thing is too the times that were in it men were usually in those jobs women were home exactly. minding the children and they were very much in love weren't they O'Donovan Ross and Mary Jane they were very much in love. They had 13 children, and sadly, seven passed away. 
Yeah, they went through a lot together, for no doubt. And the letters, you know, between them really show that O'Donovan Rasa really appreciated the strength and independence that she brought. You can see it in the letters, you know, he's saying, you're so strong. They had a very intimate relationship, and he recognized the importance of her being a powerful, independent, opinionated person who happened to be a woman. (laughs) But it wasn't, you know, they had that sort of relationship of respect, which is so important in any time, but then was probably rarer, I would think. He encouraged her to go to America. He was her vehicle, really. She was his vehicle, I would say. Yeah, it went both ways, you know. I mean, partially, you know, he encouraged her because he was afraid that her life, you know, she would be in danger in Ireland. But um, I think it it was partially, yes, go and I have trust and faith in you to do, to try to help, you know, get me and other political prisoners out of jail. And it was a big task. Yes, sure. she accomplished it. Yeah. She certainly did. Your film about Mary Jane, tell us, what is it called? The film is called Rebel Wife. You know, I'm just finishing it, really. It did screen at the IndyCorp Film Festival in Ireland in mid-December, and I was over there and did a bunch of national radio as well. It's not official yet. I haven't signed the contract, but I think it's going to be on, on RTE starting this summer. And the first screening in New York, will be on March 8th at 7 p.m. at the Crack Fest, which is an Irish-themed, you know, mini film festival, Crack, C-R-A-I-C, and I think the URL is the Crack Fest. It would be great. Yeah, it's going to be a great event, and it concludes an after party, and so I would hope that people would, you know, come and buy a ticket and get a couple of complimentary drinks and, and see the film. Williams, tell us, where can people contact you? You can contact me on Twitter or X, as they call it now, at, um, at Rossafilm, R-O-S-S-A-F-I-L-M, and the same at Rossafilm on Instagram, and the same at Rossafilm, if you search it, will come up on Facebook. And there's also a website, Rossafilm, try to keep it simple, <laughs> rossafilm.com, uh, where there's a form that you can contact me as well. There will be information on all of that. Yes, and at the moment you have a GoFundMe page up. I do, and yes, very importantly, you know, this has been a labor of love, and there's a lot of expenses associated with any film. I have to make one more digital finishing copy of the film, and I'm going to, you know, be revising the credits. So everybody that donates will be put in the credits, but the cutoff date will have to be February 23rd, because otherwise um, I have to make a cutoff date, because technically then I have to have the digital file made. So anyone that can donate before then, um, you know, there's, I think you're going to put up the URL, hopefully, and you can find information. You can even find information by um, Googling GoFundMe, Mary Jane O'Donovan Rasa. I think it comes up right away. Yes, yes. yeah, anyone that donates, I will put you in the credits. That will be forever. <laughs> yes, isn't that great? And and folks, the GoFundMe.com, going to GoFundMe.com, slash F, slash Mary, dash Jane, Irwin, I-R-W-I-N, and slash O'Donovan Rossa. 
doc. I'm going to put that up on my webpage. I'm going to put it up everywhere. So if you want to donate a worthy cause, this is absolutely wonderful. I can't wait to see the film myself. But I have a question for you, Williams. What do you think your grandparents would think of Ireland today and all the work they did? What would they think of it today? That's a good question. You know, the way things are going there, everybody has another opinion, I guess, but it's, um, I think that they would be optimistic, you know. I don't know what's going to happen with Irish unification, but, you know, they were both always very adamant that anybody that lived on on the island was Irish and that it should be its own independent island. So beside all the complications and you know, history, etc., I think if we keep that in mind, and, you know, they come from a time before partition, so, you know, they're from what they saw and hoped for, I think it's possible, and I think it's, it would be an amazing thing to be alive and be there or somewhere close if there's actually unification and the island becomes one nation. And I think that's what they wanted. I mean, the Republic obviously is what they wanted as well, would be a fulfillment in many ways of, of what they thought, you know, and, and having an, a, a progressive, diverse way of looking, of being in the world and looking at itself. I think it would be... Um, their dream come true in many ways. Remind us again, where can rebel wife Mary Jane O'Donovan Rossa be seen when you're finished? And tell us any message for our listeners all over the world. Thank you so much for the, your interest in these stories. You know, Rebel Wife Now, I believe in Ireland, will be available to be seen in, on RTE and then RTE Player for a couple of years off and on. There is this crack fest screening at this point on March 8th. I think there'll probably be other screenings in New York City and New York City area, and I'm always open for organizations to reach out to me, you know, and do a one-off screening. Some financial support, not a big deal. And then at some point, I'm not sure, I, I might, you know, before trying to get it on streaming here, I might do a couple of virtual showings, which I will let everyone know about on social media, where, you know, you can buy a ticket and watch it online you know, in a in a window of a couple of days, and then maybe do a Q&A on Zoom at the end of that period. That's my idea right now. But I'm taking it one step at a time, get it done first. Yeah. It's a big undertaking, and it's great to tell the untold story of a woman in Ireland who was really the woman behind our man. She was, and yes. they were a great team. Williams, thank you for chatting with me on Ireland Calls. Continued success to you, and thanks for telling the world the untold story of well, Ireland's true heroes, Mary Jane so O'Donovan Ross. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you.